Five, four, three, two, one. We're in the pipe. Five by five. This is the Five on Film podcast. Hello and welcome to Five on Film, the podcast where we break down the top five in the world of film. I'm your host, Paul Cree, and joining me again is the Five on Film panel, Chris. Hello. John. Hello. Matt. Hello again. How are you doing, guys? And unfortunately, Ollie isn't with us. So we're going to have our third guest for the Five on Film podcast. This week, we're welcoming Tim. Hello, Tim. Yo, hello. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, before I introduce today's topic, I'm going to break down how the show works. We're going to have three rounds, nomination, elimination, and ranking. Uh, first, we're going to each nominate a film, which we believe deserves to be on our top five for this week, uh, and why it should be there. If two or more of the panellists agree, it's going to make our initial list, and we're going to hopefully get to seven films. Once we have our seven, we're going to eliminate decide on two to remove and leaving us with our top five and then we're going to rank these top five films to give us this week's five on film now as i said we have a guest tim is our guest this week um and normally we would invite our guests to pick the week's topic but um we've had one on the go for a little while and tim was very gracious and he went along with this week's topic so this week's topic was actually picked by john so john this week's topic is Jerry Brockheimer produced movies. Why is that, John? Well, I mean, it started off as a um, as a Don Don Simpson, Jerry Brockheimer um, produced movies, and uh, basically these are these are kind of like the biggest films that have been made since the eighties. Um, they are. Um, uh, it's. The first, I mean, the first film I was conscious of was uh, Beverly Hills Cop when I was about six years old. Um, and basically, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson are kind of like two of the original architects of the um, of the blockbuster. I mean, uh, make slick, um, big budget, high concept, style over substance. Um, and they also, although soundtracks were kind of film soundtracks were introduced uh, around about the same time, these guys picked it and ran with it. I mean, top, top, the Top Gun soundtrack is just as um, just as famous as the film itself. Um, and ba basically, they 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 designed their films from an advertising point of view. They're, I mean, they're completely populous. Um, uh, but they came from the world of advertising, so it it's all slick, it's all uh, glossy images, it's all pretty people, it's all big bangs, it's all um, naked ladies. It they are what they it, it they basically made films for people watching films. So and that's why they are actually kind of my um, they're kind of my my guilty pleasure and most of my, most of the ninth the 90s were where i kind of had my own money and started going to the pictures on my own and obviously the blockbusters are the ones you want to go and see because you get more bang for your buck literally so um 
Yeah. And, yeah. Con and considering these guys were making um, three, maybe four times, uh, four movies a year, we're talking Marvel Marvel level, level production schedule. Indeed, indeed. And sadly, uh, Don Simpson passed away during their production schedule, but Jerry Brockheimer has very much carried on um, the torch for the two of them, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's... that's that's why we've got Jerry Brockheimer produced movies. Um, so we're going to start with our guest, Tim. Can you give me the first movie that deserves to be on Jerry Brockheimer's five on film? Right. So here's the thing. When you said Jerry Brockheimer movies, I thought, yay, that'll be great. I'll watch loads of big, enjoyable, escapist, fun movies. And I watched about 20 and it became less fun as I went on. Um, it's not that they're bad, they're fine, they're good, they're entertaining, it's just, it's like last week you were, I think last time I heard you were doing John Hughes movies and you talked about movies that like Uncle Buck and Clinton's and Automobiles and those are movies that that people love, people like they, they spark joy and they tug at your heartstrings. These movies are just, they're just empty, they're just spectacle, they're just, I mean, I like a lot of them, I don't love any of them. So um, for that reason, the best of the perfectly fine but not great bunch, I have chosen a movie that Jerry Bruckheimer could not ruin. Um, and the reason he couldn't ruin it is because it's lots of men shouting in a steel tube. So he cannot throw in an explosion. He can't throw in a car chase. He can't blow up a yellow Humvee. He had to actually invest time in a decent script and good directing. So for that reason, I've chosen Crimson Tide as my number one uh, Brookheimer production, after which I think there's quite a big drop off. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you all have. Um, Denzel is the deputy captain to Gene Hackman's pugnacious uh, nuclear submarine captain. It's called the US Alabama. Uh, the title Crimson Tide, I think, is a nickname for the Alabama football team. Um, and the scenario is uh, ultranationalists have seized control of, a, of half, like half of Russia. They've got loaded nuclear subs. They're fueling missiles on a nuclear base. And an order comes through to launch nuclear missiles. It's a verified order. They're all ready to go. Unfortunately, they get attacked by a sub. Their radio communications get cut off halfway through a second order, which may or may not rescind the first one. And so uh, the tension is Gene Hackman, he's a very dogmatic, ready to go, follow orders kind of soldier. But Denzel Washington is the West Point educated guy who's meant to be more philosophical. And as Gene Hackman says, you're supposed to know why we fire these missiles. Um, so it, there's a great scene. Gene Hackman's launching the missiles and Denzel starts to politely question and then slightly less politely question and the tension builds up and builds up and builds up and it remains polite until it's still need to become very unpolite. Guns get pointed. Uh, Denzel stages mutiny. And the rest of the movie is them trying to fight off Russian submarines while trying to get comms back and find out whether they should launch missiles and either potentially save the world or end the world. Um, that's what, it's a great movie. Uh, the US Navy originally start, cooperated fully with this 
but uh, they could not countenance the idea of a mutiny on a nuclear submarine. And so for that reason, all of the shots of submarines, all the external shots of submarines, they had to kind of steal by uh, renting a helicopter and just chasing submarines as they left Pearl Harbor. Um, the script is great because they had to have a great script. It didn't work otherwise. So there's lots of like guest writers who are uncredited. Quentin Tarantino is one of the writers, um, he, which is why there's all these there's like references to other submarine movies. And there's the great uh, Mobius Silver Surfer versus Kirby Silver Surfer dialogue. Yep. Um, him and Denzel did not get on apparently. So they had a flaming row in front of the crew because Denzel objected to Tarantino's scripts liberal use of racial epithets, which is Ray Tarantino. Um, uh, the set is amazing. It's, they built the whole set on a gimbal. So when the submarine dives, the whole set tilts. And like you see Gene Ackman and uh, Denzel acting against each other on a slope. Um, the, the great conceit of this movie is that both men are right. There's no body. Like Gene Hackman is absolutely right, he should fire the missiles. But Denzel is absolutely right because nuclear holocaust is unimaginable horror. Uh, it builds to a great climax. There's a great scene with the young Viggo Mortensen. Uh, and yeah, it finally reaches a crescendo with um, Gene Hackman, Denzel sitting there waiting to find out the truth. And then they bring up the metaphor of the white Portuguese stallions that can do anything and Denzel points out that they're black yes uh, or brown black and actually they're both wrong because Denzel thinks they're Spanish um, to think jeans is the Portuguese are actually Slovenian but... <laughs> anyway, that's my favorite movie it's it's good because um, they can't overproduce it. they can't throw in Ends explosions and car chases and girls in bikinis. It just has to be a good script and they delivered good script. I love a good submarine movie and this is up there with the best. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Do we agree with Tim? Chris, what do you think of uh, Crimson Tide? I think Crimson Tide is an excellent film. Good man, Chris. Um, <laughs> it wasn't actually on my uh, rewatch list. Um, I don't know why, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it to go on the list. Nice, nice. John, Crimson Tide? Um, yeah, for all those reasons. Um, you, can, um, you can also tell that uh, Tarantino had his hand in it. I, I believe him and Tony Scott had a um, kind of like a off-screen relationship um, after True Romance. And uh, ah. uh, Tarantino um, was asked to kind of judge up the script a bit as a script doctor. As opposed, as opposed to a credited writer, which is why you've got um, the guy who's um, fixing the comms. Uh, Denzel starts talking about Kirk and Scotty. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Kirk, you're Scotty. I need you to fix, I need you to fix it and so, so I can get my message. And he's, um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, again, it wasn't, it, wasn't one of my, it wasn't one of my rewatch lists, but, but there are 40-odd 40 40 odd <laughs> films here. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it's claustrophobic. I think it's very tense. I think the guy, uh, the guys bounce off each other perfectly. 
Um, yeah, put it on the list. Nice. Well, it's made the list. That is three votes for Crimson Tide. Matt, what have you gone along with them? Um, do you know what? I, I, re- I really like this movie. Um, I'm very much in the same um, mindset as Tim, really. I like a good claustrophobic, hermetically sealed kind of like action submarine movie. I mean, it doesn't even have to include action, but it generally does if you're under like several thousand, tens of thousand gallons of water. Um, so yeah, along with uh, like the Hunt for Red October and uh, the classic Das Boot, if you've ever seen that, I love a good a good um, submarine movie. Uh, and as John said, the um, the two the two main actors, the two Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman, uh, really do like crackle off each other um, in only a good way. Um, and you know, Gene Hackman had been around for ages, and Denzel Washington had been around for a fair bit. Uh, acting wise um, and it's good to see two titans of, uh, of, of different generational acting coming together and working on a really good uh, a good script as well you know it may not be the best script in the world but it is a Brookheimer movie um, you know the, the bits that Tarantino had a hand in you can having read I, I didn't know that beforehand um, until I did a bit of research but you can really tell um, that he, he you know he had his pen to paper for some of it um, and it's got a lot of lot of young actors in it that we've seen come to uh, the forefront over the years um, since 1995. Um, like Tim said, Viggo Mortensen, James, young James Gandolfini was in here, um, I believe. What's his name? Um, God, he's not around Ryan, much anymore. Ryan, Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippe, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's in, in there. He's in it as well. And Steve, um, Steve Zahn is in it as well. Yes, he is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's a kind of blink and miss it kind of uh, of, of the up and comers uh, from mid nineties uh, cinema. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a really really good movie. I, I do enjoy it, but saying that, I'm not gonna I'm gonna hate it. It wouldn't make no difference anyway. But um, I just think there are there are several other uh, Bruckheimer monsters around that period that are slightly better and don't get me wrong it is a cracking movie um and i do get what you're saying to him uh, about it doesn't have to involve slow-mo explosions and you know hot pant wearing bikini girls and you know fast no, cars not that there's anything wrong with that but yeah not that there's anything wrong with that at all no but um for, for this one i don't think it would have worked would have worked in the water <laughs> um but but, but yeah I do, I just, speedos yeah that would have been a sight sight for sore eyes um so uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do love it, but I wouldn't put it. So that's just no. my two bit, bits worth. No worries. Well, it has made it, and uh, I would have said yes. I, I think this is a great movie. I watched it yesterday. I rewatched it yesterday. Um, I think it's um, two titans of acting. Um, someone once said to me, "Gene Hackman never been in a bad film," um, and I'm sure someone can disprove that, but I haven't found it yet. I think Superman he, 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 for the quest for peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a winner. <laughs> Straight on the number. <laughs> now, to, to, be, to be fair, Gene Hackman may have been in bad films, but Gene Hackman has never been bad. Never been bad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He is outstanding. Um, and he's outstanding in this. Um, I, I think it is, it is up there with one of the best submarine movies. I think Matt probably reeled off the top three. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's, it's tension in a tube. Um, I think... They play off each other brilliantly. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with the uh, four votes. It's the first film to make it on our nice initial work, list. Tim. Yeah, so nice work. Crimson Tide has made it. 
Yeah. By the way, by the way, just quickly, tension in a tube. That would have been the perfect tagline for a poster. It really would. <laughs> tension in the tube. Ah, nice, nice. Well, we're rolling round. Chris, can you give me the second film that's going to make it onto uh, Jerry Brockheimer's Five on Film? I was really hoping that I would be last. <laughs> so I've, I've, um, all of the uh, top fives so far I've approached with the, the idea that it's, um, these films are the, the best that this person has to offer and that it's the creme de la creme. But when it comes to Jerry Bruckheimer, um, as, as John was saying, and, and Tim, that it's, it's a very, it's a very different type of film. It's, it's very popcorn-y and it's blockbuster. And so, yeah, that we agree that they're not the, the most groundbreaking or uh, seminal films that, that have ever been made. Um, so I kind of approached that, this list, my list, uh, with kind of my fanboy 90s uh, head on. Uh, so I am going to nominate uh, The Rock. Uh, I think The Rock is uh, a quintessential Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, it's got everything uh, that he's known for. Um, and uh, it's two fantastic performances from Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery reprising his role as uh, James Bond. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. And um, uh, the, uh, I've forgotten the actor's name now, that's Ed Harrison. Ed Harris, um, Ed Harris sorry, yes, uh, playing the, the, the baddie um, and, and his uh, team of uh, renegade soldiers. It's just, it's fantastic. It is such a good film. I uh, I have it on Criterion DVD, um, and uh, it's one of my rewatchables. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic film. Nice, nice. Um, John, what do you think of The Rock? Um, yeah, I was wondering who was going to say this, and Chris, if you'd gotten last, you wouldn't have got it, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my, this is a it's Stone Cold nailed on classic action film. Um, and I would say it's probably one of the first where the with very murky morals. The very very grey area in yeah. there. Um, I mean Ed Ed Harris's uh, general is doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, you can understand He's, the motivation of, of yeah of his character. Yes. Yeah, definitely. and apparently uh, him and him and Michael Bay worked really hard to make sure that they got a sympathetic character. Now it all descends into um, good guys and bad guys in the end, but I mean that it's a no, it, it is a brilliant, it's a brilliant film. I think it's actually Michael Bay's best action film um, because it has it's got Michael Bane leading leading the Navy SEALs. Um, it uh, some of the notes I've got. I mean. Uh, Sean Connery's di dialogue was rewritten by Clement and Lafrené, the guys who wrote Porridge and Alvida's uh, uh, Own Pet and things like that. They they sorted the script out. But the original script, I found out today, um, the original story passed through the hands of Aaron, Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino. And um, a guy who ended up going on to do the um, Thomas, Thomas Jane Punisher movie, Jonathan Hensley. 
um, as well as the two guys who wrote the spec script. I mean, it, it, I, it's great. It's a great film. Um, if it's on, if it's on, you can turn it on. It's one of those films you turn on halfway through, and you can sit and watch the rest of it. So is that a good it, thing? Yeah, um, if, 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 it's one. Of, it's one of those films where you, you either know it enough, or it's a, it, it, you like it so much you can actually sit and enjoy the rest of it. And just, just another point, you know the uh, string of pearls configuration in the rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the VX gas, yeah. Um, for the pearls, that didn't exist. Um, so actually, technically, that did not exist as a as a concept for um, for uh, rockets delivering gas. What happened? But what happened was uh, Navy SEALs then went in um, to terrorist cells and ended up finding uh, blueprints for uh, string of pearl, string of pearl configuration uh, weaponry. So it actually, actually invented, <laughs> actually invented uh, new weaponry. And uh, if you if you if you watch your ninety nineties uh, other nineties movies, you'll actually see that the trembler in the shower, the trembler sensor is actually yeah. used in other movies. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, okay. brilliant, brilliant film. It has to be on the list. Matt, The Rock, what do you say? Um, yes, I say yes to The Rock. Um, uh, it's it's one of those movies that you can't not think back to the 90s and have it almost immediately to hand at the back of your mind. It, it just comes straight forward. Someone says, name a 90s action movie. The Rock will always come, like, we'll be the first there, to be honest. Well, maybe not for me, but a lot for most people. Um, and it is, I, I like the, the the murky morals of it all. Um it's it's a storming performance by um, uh, now I forgot his name uh, Ed Harris um, it, you know tremendous performance I mean, he's a great actor anyway um, uh, and I'm also you know I quite like seeing seeing William Forsyth in, in roles as well um, now he goes back for me f- all the way to Once Upon a Time in America uh, when he played um, one of the friends. Um, one of the friends, uh, the, the brothers, the friends who, who became brothers uh, in that movie. And uh, I always like to see him in, in, in film and TV stuff. I think he was in um, Boardwalk Empire as well, um, the TV show. Yeah, it, I digress. It's, it's a really good movie. Um, it did staggeringly good, staggeringly well at the box office off, um, you know, a fairly small budget for an action movie like that. And it's got some great scenes in it, hasn't it? It's got, you know, I, I love the scene um, in the hotel where um, Connery's getting his hair cut and he throws Womack over, over the edge of the balcony. Uh, I love all that. The, the, the chase down, the, I know we, we were talking about these crazy, um, outrageous uh, car sequences, action scenes, and this has got one of those in there, um, down the streets of San Francisco. Um, but it is, it's a phenomenal sequence, that. And it continues along that vein um, for, for, for the rest of the movie. And I love the ending as well. The it's got it's got a crazy good ending uh, right right until the end when you know I don't want to spoil it all, but um, we're led to believe there's something special being hidden um, somewhere in the deepest darkest uh, USA that is quite important to something that was mentioned in the plot earlier on, um, and it's just a really good ending. Um, so yeah, yeah, for that reason, I'd, I'd, I'd stick it on. It's it's one of those ones that I, I, as John said, if you see it on TV. 
bang, you know, you'll watch the rest of it straight away. You won't switch channels. Nice, nice. Well, that's three votes. The Rock has made our initial list. Tim, what did you think of The Rock? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be sailing into your uh, vault of treasures. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, it's... It's Bruckheimer at his best, and it's great spectacle. But there is a solid script in there. Um, uh, for me, it's definitely Ed Harris's movie. Um, every, I think all my favorite scenes in this movie are Ed Harris. And I think the best one is the scene where they're in the shower room and the uh, Ed Harris's Marines are surrounding uh, the SWAT team led by mm. Michael Bain. Michael yeah. Bain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. I, I'm, I think Chris is right. It is Sean Connery's final outing as Bond. Um, yeah. I, did, I did. I made the mistake of doing a deep dive into that um, fan theory, and yeah, it all holds up. So the timeline works: is after Doctor No, he's uh, kidnapped. He's uh, detained by Americans. Spends six months on the rock. Escapes because then at the start of From Russia with Love, uh, his love interest says, "Where have you been?" And he says, "Oh, I've been away." Um, and then he remains free during all his Bond movies until the end of Diamonds Are Forever, which, on which he leaves which on American. the Canberra. And the Canberra cruise that year uh, left, I think it was uh, LA, but did dock at San Francisco, so, so at which point he gets rearrested. Um, and the, big, <laughs> the, the major clue is that... Um, in Diamonds Forever, he has a famous line, hi, I'm plenty, of course you are. So when Nicolas Cage introduces himself, says, hi, I'm uh, Stanley Godspeed, he says, of course you are. Clearly, it's clever blown, he is the same character. So, um, my, I mean, the Corsius scene, I know you like him, that, I think. Mm, movie too much. Just a better, tighter movie without it. It just drags, but, you know, it's spectacle, but yeah, yellow sports cars getting blown up seems to be a Michael Bay thing. Um, well, yeah. Um, oh, yes. My favorite rock fact is that it started a war or helped start a war. Because, oh, yes. Uh, yes, I know. I've heard this as well. So um, the do famous dodgy dossier from 2003 uh, was full of just nonsense that a desperate informant had made up to please his handlers yeah. including a description of Saddam's chemical weapons as contained in glass beads which the scriptwriter of The Rock said anyone with half a brain who knew anything about chemical weapons would have taken one look at this and realised it was absolutely bollocks but um, none of those people were available in the British government at the time so uh, yeah <laughs> it helped start a war Wow Excellent <laughs> Well, now, can I, can, I, can I just say that this yeah. is the one film where Nick Cave is playing it as normal. Yeah. He's all straight man. Yeah, he's he's playing man. the straight man. Apparently, he, he, he wanted that. Um, I, I, I'm jumping in with my, I would have definitely said yes. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is my number one uh, personal. I'm, I'm giving away that the, I think The Rock is excellent. I have a weird fascination with Alcatraz as it is. I've visited it twice in the day and in the night. I think this uh, film is outstanding action. Um, the car chase scene, I will admit, adds absolutely nothing to the plot of this movie, Tim. You are completely right, but it is a lot of fun and you see a Hummer and a Ferrari 
drive around San Francisco. It's uh, it, it. I mean, it's it's uh, for me. It's just great fun. Um, Ed Harris, I think, could have. Oh, ca- carry on, Matt. No, 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 no. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> Ed Harris, I think, could have got nominated for an Oscar for this film. I think he is that good in this film. He is playing it so well, believable. You believe his motivation um, as as the villain of the piece. Um, Sean Connery apparently came up with the backstory to John Mason. So that's very believable that he would have taken influence from um, his Bond role. Um, and Nicolas Cage uh, just wanting to play, apparently he just wanted to play it as straight as he could. That is that is how he, he wanted to make sure um, that he wasn't swearing for swearing state, sake. Um, so yeah, um, he uses things like a-hole and things like that because he doesn't want his character doesn't want to swear when he doesn't have to um and things like that so i i i i loved all three of the leads in this um the scene in the showers we've already mentioned it but it i think it's it's unbelievable tension and it is played so well by ed harris and michael bean um i i i love this movie i could watch this movie anytime like the guys have already always said um the rock is brilliant michael bay so um yeah if chris hadn't nominated it it would have definitely got a nomination from me as well so five unanimous yeses guys uh, the rock has made this <laughs> list i have one last bit of rock trivia um yeah I, I thought there was a blooper in it because at the start you go ed harris is standing next to the gravestone of his wife and on her gravestone it says his wife which i thought was like a weird blooper but apparently in arlington that's how spouses of uh, servicemen are labelled. Okay. So yeah, you, you, you just get labelled his wife. And what that meant was that that was going to be Ed Harris's grave and he was eventually going to be buried in there with her. So his name would be added to that headstone. So he's, okay. looking, at his, he's, he's looking at his own grave there. Wow. Yeah. The Rock is in there, guys. The Rock is in there. Um, moving on, who's next? John. John, what can you give me? in terms of Brockheimer's best? Um, I'm going to give you Tony Scott. I'm going to give you another Gene Hackman. I'm going to give you Jack Black, Seth Green. Uh, I'm going to give you... uh, I'm going to give you a Boosie. I'm going to give you a Will Smith. Uh, I'm going to give you... Who else am I going to give you? To be fair, Tom, I'm going to give you... I'm Tom going to, Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you Enemy of the State because how the hell is this film still relevant when it was made back in the, in the, in the middle of the 90s? It, ser- seriously, this, um, this film is so well designed that it, apart from a couple of boxes... For the tech, where the technology lives, um, like uh, the video player and the and the hard drive cards and things like that, this film could have been made yesterday. And I I really believe that it's it, it it's the first film to use the NSA and their electronic trickery to its fullest. Um, every single character in this film is an actor you know. Ian Hart's in it. Um, it. Even the even the small parts have got have got 
a name or a face involved in them. The senator is a guy called uh, Stuart Wilson. Is it Wilson? And he 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 crops up in the rock as well. He's the yeah. he's the general around the table trying to get the Mojave Desert to move their ass. Um, but it is so straightforward. It's, and it it kind of it kind of how ca- how can we ruin somebody's life and then how can we get out of it? I mean, it, it's a story that's been done many times before, many times before. But I think it's the first time that actually uses kind of like satellite tracking, um, seven different bugging devices, um, uh, pack- packets of crisps. Um, and and I, I just... I just really th- and um, the fact that um, Brill doesn't doesn't really want to get involved. It doesn't matter how how messed up it is, um, and how involved he is. Um, and it's about living off grid, and which is which is so. Any any time in the last five years, this film is perfect. Um, so I. Put it to you that enemy of the state should be on this list. Thank you, Doug. Matt, enemy of the state. Yes. Okay. Yes, no longer an enemy of the state. It's a friend, friend of the state, friend of the podcast. Yes, I like this one. Um, it's it's really good. Um, uh, it travels well. It, it does travel well in terms of you know its relevance. Um, uh, thoroughly engaging. Uh, I mean one of Tony Scott's Tony Scott did a lot of good films. He, he did do a lot of good film. He's, he's, he, he's a little bit maligned for being a, a bit of a Michael Bay or Michael Bay came after Tony Scott really. So, you know, he, he's a bit maligned, maligned for, for, um, you know, a bit flashy style over substance, which, which is there, but he does have at the core in a lot of his films, he, he tends to pick good scripts, good solid scripts, and he does fill them with really good actors. I mean, I say him, it's got, Jerry Brookheimer written all over it, obviously, who, who's being the producer would have, you know, gathered a lot of these people and crew together himself. Um, yeah. Gabriel Byrne in this, um, as Brill, he, he's, he is Brill. He's, he's, he's really good. In this. Um, and again, Gene, Gene Hackman. Love it. I love the fact that he's in this and it does take me back to a film that a lot of people probably haven't seen, um, Gene Hackman, um, which was a Francis Ford Coppola film years and years and years ago in the, in the early 70s called The Conversation. Yeah. And he, he made it just after, was it after or before? It was, it was before... Um, um, <laughs> French Connection? <laughs> French Connection. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not thinking, about, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Coppola's film, um, In the Jungle. Damn, Apocalypse Now. So yeah. it, it, was at, it was before Apocalypse Now. So it was this little, little film he did in the 70s and it's, it's uh, a spy spy thriller about surveillance uh, about audio surveillance um uh, apparently, uh, apparently this character is actually is there a link is there like a link sort of sort of in the same way as mason bond right right I, I, it's great i think that's great if there is i think i think that there's there's a, a really thought out uh a decent kind of like uh uh mashup um if that's the case and again this did really well in, in the box office um I remember going to the cinema to see, it. and I, I don't, I don't, I don't tend to to like Will Smith um, at all, really. I don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> I'll be honest. He's good in this, um, and he he did one very very good film in in his in his early twenties, um, just after or whilst he was still doing um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, which we may cover at some point. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, really, really good. Um, uh, good scripts as well. And um, uh, again, I think, I think it went through quite a few hands, didn't it? The scripts. There was quite a lot of, lot of people who had a look in on the scripts. Um, uh, Aaron Sorkin again. I know his name popped up when I was doing a little bit of research. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really good. And and not a lot of people talk about it, which is a shame. Really, it falls under the radar quite often. Um, Enemy of the State, and it's a shame really because it is. I view it as a pretty pretty classic film of the. Um, of the nineties, I'll be honest. So yeah, I'd, I'd happily jam that on on the um, on the list. Yeah, nice one, Tim. What do you think of Enemy of the State? Um, yeah, for someone who doesn't like Jerry Bruckheimer movies, I'm going to say yes to this one as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I remember watching that at the time and didn't think that much of it. I mean, it was just like another nineties, perfectly serviceable movie, but um, it's aged really well. Like when you watch it now, uh, the piece of legislation that Trump passed is basically the Patriot Act, which came a couple of years later. Um, it's yeah, really predates Edward Snowden. So the whole um, notion that the NSA, the, you know, tracks American citizens was a bit of a fanciful notion at the time, but now it's a, oh yeah, they do that. So yeah, it's aged really well. Um, but aside, apart from the concept, yeah, it's got a great cast. Apparently, it's got a great cast because everybody wanted to work with Gene Hackman. Uh, so all the yeah. up and coming stars Good. wanted to cut their teeth, you know, when I move with Gene Hackman. Um, and it's a, just a thoroughly entertaining chase movie with a good concept. Yeah, so seals in for me. Nice. Well, three and votes. Again, Tony Scott. Yes. Uh, he's yeah. often, you know, overlooked by Ridley, but he's got a really solid back catalogue. He has, yeah. He's got yes. very, very good, very good back catalogue. Well, he, he, did, he's done, he did six, he's done six films with Jerry Bruckheimer. He has, yeah, yeah. So going back to the, going back to the 80s, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Enemy of the State. I watched this today. Um, I own this movie. I really enjoy this movie. Um, it is still relevant. I would have said no, though. I think that <gasps> I think there are genuinely quite a few, quite a few above this on my personal list from uh, Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Um, but that being said, I'm not that disappointed because it's it's great. I've, I literally watched it today. Um, it is a stellar cast. It's very entertaining. It is topical. So I'm not that disappointed. But unfortunately, it would have been a no from me. Um, Chris, how about yourself? Absolutely, yes. It's there a fantastic go. film. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was one of my early uh, DVD purchases. And again, it's uh, on my rewatch list. I love this film. And yeah, um, spiritual successors to the conversation. Um, one of Will Smith's best early roles, I would say. Um, and yeah, just a fantastic supporting cast and uh, yeah, completely relevant. Um, uh, and it really does hold up. Nice. Yeah. nice. And, uh, I know, Tim, you were talking about big explosions and uh, fast car chases and things like that. There is only one explosion in this movie. Oh yeah, when the building yes. explodes. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one. Wow. So yeah. I've just blown up my house because you made a phone call. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it does lead into it does lead into a car chase, but there we go. <laughs> but it's a chase movie. I forgive the car chases in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a really weird scene in it where 
Gene Hackman, for no reason of plot whatsoever, makes a point of reading the bad guy's uh, date of birth, which is 9-11. So one for the conspiracy. Before blowing up a building, and that's an inside job. So, um, <laughs> What were they trying to tell us? <laughs> well, that is three movies, three nominations and three films. Matt? Can they you all give us a in? fourth one? They've all gone in so all far. Gone in. Oh, I was hoping they. So I, I was hoping there'd be some more spaces left because uh, we only have seven spaces. Um, yeah. Well, you know me. You know me by now. You know that the way I approach this uh, topic, this week's topic, a bit like Chris did, I suppose, in the sense that um, there's nothing. There's nothing that's going to be remembered for anything other than enjoyable popcorn entertainment um in 20 30 years time for me personally i just don't see any of his films um, making huge waves um winning any any oscars other than technical oscars let's say um i'm sure they have i'm sure someone can go through the oscar list of the of, uh, of brookhammer's films to see if there's been anything substantial in there but um six has he? What? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. What producing, but as as best. Yeah, film? as a producer. Yeah. Right. Okay. In Dangerous um, Minds actually. Did it really? Okay. <laughs> um, that's nowhere near my list. That's not what I'm going. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So with that being said, um, none of none of his films for me are ever going to be like in the top ten films of Sight and Sound magazine or you know the BFI list and all that sort of stuff. So with that in mind, I've gone in here with pretty with pretty open palette for what um, is pretty much a list of stuff that I've seen um, f- a lot for many, many times before. There are several on here that I didn't see that, uh, that I went to and I didn't enjoy. Um, so I left them off, but there was one little film from um, the early eighties, which I thought, Do you know what? There's, there's probably not a lot of people that have seen it. Um, I know you guys may have watched it again. I one one or two of you actually have. Um, and I, I saw it um, in the in the late '90s. The Warner Brothers released um, like a director's series on VHS that included films, you know, from people like Nicholas Rogue, um, the Man Who Fell to Earth, um, and uh, and performance, and uh, you know, films that films of that ilk, that nature, the stuff that we used to see on 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 Movie Drome um, during the the '90s, BBC Two's Movie Drome, the quirky stuff, the stuff that is a bit culty. Um, so I, I didn't know that Brookheimer actually produced this, but it was something that I'd, I'd known, um, in the past and I had a copy on VHS and seen it, but not bought it in the future when DVD came around or Blu-ray and stuff. So anyway, it's, um, it's Thief, uh, the Michael Mann film from 1981 starring James Kahn, um, as Frank, he's a, he's a dual thief. And he he wants he wants to 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 have he, he wants to, he has a dream he wants a family he, he wants a house he, he wants children and he wants all of, all these things um, and the way that he sees himself getting them is is um, you know having one big score one last score one last uh, last heist last last um, uh, um, big big money making um, caper. Um, for him to 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 be able to move off on his own and and, and you know and not not live this kind of life anymore uh, as a, as a criminal. Now he's been in prison before, 
and he spent uh, his twenties and early thirties in prison, as we find out. Um, and he comes out, and he's working with um, with a, 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 guy, a character called Barry, who's played by Jim Belushi. Um, and the the film is 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 it's a very it's a very small film. It's very very similar to Michael Mann's um, Heat in the sense that, you know, you've got a criminal who wants out of the business. He's met somebody, he wants to, you know, move forward with his life. Um, but we don't have an antagonist like, like Al Pacino in this movie. What we have is we have uh, Robert Prosky, who plays this um, gangster mob leader um, called Leo, who Basically, as it turns out, um, uh, Khan, James Khan's character, Frank, does a big, uh, uh, an opening heist that we see at the start of the movie. And um, he's trying to um, fence off the, the diamonds that he's, he's, he's stolen. Um, and he hands it to his local, uh, his, his normal fence, who takes them on and says, look, come find me and I'll, I'll, I'll get you your money uh, tomorrow. So he says, I'll send off, you know, my friend Barry. Uh, the Jim Belushi character to come and uh, to come and grab these diamonds, uh, grab the money from you. So anyway, it turns out the next day he receives a phone call and this guy's been pushed out of a window. The fence has been pushed out of a window, and his money's gone. He can't collect his money, so he he goes in search of the um, the group of people, the the man, the the, the guy that's that's responsible for for, for this the, the death. So he finds him, and it turns out this guy is. is you know he's bent. He's a criminal himself, even though he's 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 um, sitting uh, in, in a in a business, uh, quite a decent fronted business that is, is legitimate. And it turns out that he's also being run by this guy Leo, um, who is is trying to convince. God, I'm going on a bit here. He's trying to convince James Carr's character to come in, work for him. Uh, you know, he, he'll be a, he'll be the, the 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 go-to guy to to thief for him, the, the 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 jewel heists and stuff for him. So anyway, to cut a long story short, um, it's a very very good movie. Um, it's not something you would necessarily picked, and I'm hoping because we've got seven spots, then it may just be thought of as something that. Do you know what? It's a little bit different. It's not the usual. Brookheimer nonsense let's you know take a chance on this and I hope you guys have seen it um I mean it really does help that Michael Mann and this was his feature film de debut um he'd made a tv movie um a couple of years before this called the Jericho Mile which actually did very very well and won a load of Emmys um so that success allowed him to make this film and it's really really good it's got this, this the typical Michael Mann kind of thrilling grimy neon flecked uh tough as nails kind of crime uh thriller it's it's extremely confident directing i mean michael mann always makes these kind of urban cityscapes look very cinematic he's always got this fantastic use of kind of mid to long range lenses that makes everything just give this everything this kind of like architectural composition he's got a very precise clinical eye i think as a director I <laughs> know I'm not talking about Jerry Brookheimer, Phil, uh, Jerry Brookheimer himself. This is, I'm talking about Michael Mann. So, you know, he, he's very confident and slick and he, he, you know, he brings a lot to this movie and he's, he was, he was fairly young. I think he was only about you know, mid mid thirties. That's not, that's not, not, not young. 
Um, but you know, for a feature film debut, it really is fit. It's very, very good. And you've got a great performance by James Caan. You know, he strides quite menacingly in this role. You know, he's 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 kind of like hard as nails, street weary. Um, he's ready to pack up, as I said, his life for one more score. Um, and in in this film, you can see the evolution that Michael Mann has in his mind going forward, you know, his vision going forward for the crime genre classics like he's made um, after this, like Manhunter and, and Heat and, and Collateral, which, you know, topped our list of Tom Cruise films. Um, and you could look at it this way, you know, like Thief, you could say it's the hardened, the hardened, beaten down bastard to, to Heat's, you know, complex, um, complex father, you know, they're very similar films. And you've got really good performances in it as well, which I didn't even know. This is this Willie Nelson was in it. He's, he's a very, very small performance <laughs> in it. Yeah, and yeah. He makes a really, really huge impact. He, a really huge impact on me. He's only in it for one scene. Uh, he's in it for another scene, but he's, he's you know, he's lying on his back and he's not talking then. But <laughs> he, he has very little screen time in this. And, and you know, he, he makes a huge in, impact. And this is Frank's um mentor that he was incarcerated when you know his father figures father figure that was was born in prison and he teaches him you know his uh, his his principles his violent principles and um he's really superb in it and their dialogue is really open and passionate it's filled with a lot of respect and honestly and it did a lot in such a short short space um in, in so much that I thought it was his father to start with before I actually found out further down the script that it, it wasn't his father. I thought they were they were related. They played it so well together. Uh, James Belushi doesn't have a lot to do in this. Um, <coughs> he's a bit he's a bit silent in this, but whatever what he does, he does well. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. I've got a ton of stuff that are written down there, but I, I'm conscious I'm bambling on a little bit. I'll tell you what I do like in this. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack, Tangerine Dream. All right, is this German synthwave kraut rock band who've been around? Who've been around from like the late sixties, and they had a really, really, really big. Um, they did big business in film soundtracks. You know, they had they had albums as well, and they had like top forty albums in in the UK in the seventies. But they did um, soundtracks to films like Risky Business, um, Legend, the Ridley Scott movie, Near Dark, um, uh, and they did the they did the soundtrack for. If you can, you can all probably remember this, the TV series Street Hawk. Yeah, they, they, they did the sound. Yeah, they did the soundtrack for that, which is yes. random. And also, they did uh, they helped with the soundtrack for Grand Theft Auto Five, the, the computer game. So they got around a lot, but they 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 did a lot of business with um, with film soundtracks, and I, it suits it really really well. It's got that kind of um, yeah, it's synthwave, isn't it? Synth, if you've seen it, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, oh. it's it's it's. it's Am I still there? Yeah, yeah, you're still oh, there. Yeah, you're still there. Yeah. I, 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 I heard some, someone went, oh. Um, I, 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 said, I said, cool. Um, oh, oh yeah. cool. Which, okay, sorry. Which, which he is. <laughs> His character sorry. is. Yeah, Matt, we're just waiting for a breath, mate. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it, just, it, just going it, through it, my notes because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wheedle it in because I know, I know we've got like uh, the, the, the rock solid ones to, to excuse the pun of uh, the ones that, that are probably going to get in there, but I'd like you to consider this one as well. Um, oh, yeah. uh, it's really, really, really good. And, you know, a few little facts about this, the, the um, special effects are fantastic in it as well. Uh, if you've seen it, there's a second uh, heist, there's a second uh, jewelry thief, uh, jewelry robbery. Um, and it's brilliant. Uh, it's, it's just like the special effects in it with, with just the, the sparks, they're trying to crack open the safe. And the only way to do it is to, is to break through this like indestructible steel. And so he's had um, one of his, his friends craft a special 
uh, torch, acetylene torch tool to, to break through this, this uh, metal. And um, with little special effects, little special effects, just like probably magnesium, like exploding and fizzing and popping. So it just looks amazing. And there was like the a practical effect, this fire extinguisher cooling down what must have been supposed to have been like, you know, 1500 degrees metal melting all over the floor. And it just, it makes such a really wonderful scene. Um, and another little quick fact, if you have seen it, there's a guy who's playing the corrupt cops. The they, cops get on his back as well. So he's now working for the, the, the mob boss and he's now also getting his neck, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's getting roughed up by the corrupt cops as well who want a piece of the action. They want their, their 10%. And these are the cops that, you know, will empty the, the trash bin and like smash it over his head. So they take him back to the, um, the, uh, the police uh, the police uh, um, uh, cell and they, you know, they continue to beat him up in the most hilarious ways. Um, but the guy who played the corrupt cop, the leader of the corrupt cop, cop, his name was John Santucci. And the story was actually based on him. Uh, he, was a, he was an actual jewel thief in real life. And uh, Michael Mann gave him um, a speaking role in this. And it was his only real speaking role. And he did so well that he, um, he took him on for, Michael Mann did a TV series before Miami Vice or might have been after it called Crime Story with Dennis Farina and John Santucci was was one of the cops in that so he only had two roles but they the roles kind of like disappeared after that and in the early 90s he went back to thieving again so um you know he ended wow. up yeah he ended it he was he was a thief he had a uh, fairly good 10 years as an actor and then he went back to um to stealing again afterwards wow. um yeah. But it's a really, really, it's a really good film. I was, I was quite surprised going back to it after about twenty-five years or so. How, how well it stands up. Um, and yeah, I think for something a little bit different. And if you have seen it, consider it for the fact that it isn't one of those Bruckheimer nonsense, bombastic, explosive movies. And it's got something different to bring to the table. So there you go. Indeed, Tim, have you seen Mike Man's Thief? And what do you think? Um, it sounds good. I have not seen it, I'm afraid. Um, so I, I'm, to, I'm tempted to put it in anyway, just <laughs> tactically, because if I put this in, then it will block a space for another more popular, but more. See, he's thinking, he's thinking uh, the right way. So, um, but I think that would be gamesmanship. So I'm going Oh, to it's been done before, it. Tim. It's been done before. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, I respect that. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did see this film for this list. I'd never seen it before. I'm a huge Michael Mann fan. Um, I was pleased when Collateral went to number one of our Tom Cruise list. Uh, Heat is up there in my top 10 films ever made. So um, I, I, I do really enjoy him as a filmmaker. And I did enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I think you, you've, sold it, you've sold it well there. And I think if anybody hasn't seen this movie it is worth checking out um that, that's does... what i like though that's what that's yeah. what i'm trying to get across is that oh yeah definitely seen these yeah. If you i, I know, I know i'm it. preaching to the converted because yeah. i know you guys yeah. will do that but anyone who's listening who might not have seen these type of films go and search it out like yes no definitely i think i think the the, the reason why well it, it does it doesn't make it for me but um not that but it's definitely not a bad film um i i i think i was it is 
it's a film of its time and it's made it was made it in the is. early 80s yes, but it feels is. very much like a 70s movie to me it does um, yes. and it's definitely been influenced by movies of the 70s generation and uh, there there's 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 a pacing thing there that i think that i've probably just not grown up with and there are there are there are a few movies from like the 70s that i do really really enjoy but um yeah the pacing of this movie is just a little bit slow for me um, and for, that that lets it down a little bit for me. It um, is very French connection. It does have yeah. that very deliberate pacing to it. It does. It does. Mm. And but that's um, also Michael Mann as well. You have to forget if you've seen Manhunter, right? Yes. It's very yes. it's very similar in pacing to Manhunter. Yeah. Yeah. A different um, different type of genre, but you know he yeah. did it. Obviously, you can't go anywhere near. He is peerless, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely recommend uh, people check out Thief, but unfortunately, it doesn't hit the top of my Jerry oh, Chris, have you seen Thief? What do you think of Thief? I put um, him to sleep. He's asleep. Hey. Put... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where, where are we? Um, uh, sadly, I've not seen it, uh, but your pitch, Matt, makes me want to. Um, but for that reason, I'm afraid I won't be able to put it on the list. Oh, never mind. Can I, can I just say, yeah, Chris, is this, there's a, a fabulous Criterion version of it Ooh, out there yes nice. and it's okay. it's really good and it's a slightly different version that you'd find over here and if you can find it the american criterion version it's slightly tweaked with a few extra minutes and different sequences editing in a different way nice nice john what have you it hasn't made it unfortunately but um, <sighs> john would have you said yes um no i wouldn't have said yes um but again i watched it for this um, and it, and you're right. This is kind of like pro. It's proto heat. Um, it's kind of like, it. It's definitely kind of like the film, the build, the build up. It's a case of I'll make this small film, then I can make this slightly bigger film, and it's heat's kind of like the culmination of all yeah. those films put together. Um, Did you like the soundtrack? Oh, mate! I, no, no, <laughs> no. I, awesome. I like I like the film, but again, I. I have the same reservations as Paul in the fact that um, not that it not that it's it's not a bad film. I'll, let's get this out of the way. A lot of the films on this list are not going to be bad films. If we're suggesting them, they're definitely not bad films. Well, I'm well, <laughs> we'll argue about that later. Um, the thing the thing about Thief is the fact that it it doesn't quite walk the line between hu the human drama uh, and the um, eventfulness I'll put it like that um, it, it, it's, it's just a it's just a little bit slow and it's a little bit it, 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 it's almost like it isn't quite it doesn't quite know where it wants to be it's not quite as laser sharp as Michael Mann becomes in the future mm. um, especially with heat heats three hours three hours long and you don't know it's three hours long the story just goes and goes and goes um this on the other hand it it, it kind of waddles in the middle um but a lovely coffee coffee shop scene yeah it's good yeah, it's him, yeah. him yeah. and his future wife um and i tell you, the, the scene between when he first meets leo robert prosky the the, the actor who plays leo yeah. Um, when he's trying to entice him to come and work for him, that's that's there are the nuggets there. You can, like you said, you see 
you see those scripts because he wrote the script as well. Michael Mann wrote the script for this as well. Yeah. Um, and you can see, yeah, you can. It's it, like you said, it aptly describes it a little bit better than me. It's a proto heat, isn't it? It's, it? You can see the evolution moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough ask to 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 put this in there i just thought with seven slots maybe it might slip <laughs> and 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 it's it, it's not even in the, it's number five on my on my list anyway so i thought i'd start at the bottom <laughs> well no no i mean I, like i say this is why this is why we do this and the fact yeah. the fact is I, I have watched some i've watched some <laughs> real <laughs> odd films and i've got some odd films some dogs man coming. some dogs yeah. um but i mean I, this was this was a very pleasant surprise Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I've watched it. I'll put it like that. Yeah, so. me, me too. Me too. All right. Well, unfortunately, Matt, that's the first one right. to make this list. But um, it's it's round to me. Um, and I've got my top five sitting in front of me. And uh, a couple of them are already on there. Um, and I don't know. My, my number two is a big Michael Mann spectacle. Um, my number four, which is what I'm going to nominate, um, is a more subtle of uh, Jerry Brockheimer's um, produced movies. Uh, and I'm going to take you to 1971 in Virginia. And I'm going to take you to T.C. Williams High School, where a white high school and a black high school have been integrated. And I'm going to take you to Remember the Titans. Um, I think this is one of the best sports movies ever made. Um, I do not follow American football in the slightest, let alone high school American football. Um, but this is the story of a coach, a black coach, being trying to trying to make it in 1970s America, integrating two high schools and making a team of black kids and white kids play together in and ultimately win their divisions championship. That is what he's aiming for. Um, that's the task that he's been given. Um, I think this film's brilliant. Denzel Washington plays Coach Boone. Um, this is based on a true story. Um, the events of this film happened. Um, I think Will Patton, who plays uh, the... What, the former white coach who stays on as the team's uh, the team's assistant coach, um, and they 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 divide they divide the role up brilliantly. Um, I've rewatched the I, I I I saw this at cinema when I was in my teens. Um, I was blown away then. Um, I rewatched it for this list, and for me, it still holds up. I think the the story of uh, of these kids who were a lot of them racist and realizing that everybody's human. Um, and that's that, that story of uh, you don't know a person and you shouldn't know a person based on the color of their skin. Um, you should get to know the individual um, is brought home really well here. Um, for me, it is one of Jerry Brockheimer's best films that he's, that he's been involved with. Um, Guys, remember the Titans. Uh, Tim, what do you think of Remember the Titans? Um, I think if you have to watch one Jerry Brookhammer produced movie about tackling racial injustice through team sports, uh, watch Glory Road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. 
Denzel's in it. Denzel's always good. Um, it's fine. Um, I'm not a big sports fan like yourself, and I find American football very dull, which is why I think Glory Road's better just because basketball's a more interesting spectacle. Um, uh, it's okay. I find it a bit cringy, but some of the scenes, like, hey, you're black, I'm white, but we're the same, or just like, oh, it reminds me of like really naff Northern Ireland dramas where it's like, hey, why can't we all get us get along? It's like, um, <laughs> uh, everyone in this takes football far too seriously. I mean, it's a high school. It's not like NFL, it's school football, but. Oh no, they do though too. Uh, they, I they think take they, it that, that, that is how it is in the States, unfortunately. It may be accurate. doesn't mean I have to endorse this behavior. No, absolutely no, no, no. <laughs> I can't. I find the end really depressing. Um, not no, no spoilers, but there's one guy who has ridiculously bad luck with car accidents. <laughs> um, and then, but the, at the end, it goes on says what happened to everyone in their life, and it seems that all these guys' lives peaked with a football game when they were eighteen, which to some might be a glorious thing, but to me, it just seems kind of sad. So, I'm going to say no. It's not a bad film. It's Grand Denzel's really good in it. Young Rand Gosling's in it. Yeah, it was good, but it's not great. So I'm gonna say no. Okay, Chris, remember the Titans. It's a no from me. Oh. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna get this through, am I? Am I, John? Remember the um, Titans. Um, 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 not from me. No, you're not. Um, again, again, um, it. It might, it might not be. It might. It's not a bad movie, but I, I just think there are better ones. And as Tim kind of alluded to, I kind of liked Glory Road. Um, <laughs> um, but, but to be fair, Glory Glory Road isn't on my list either. So um, no, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah. It, it 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 does a job, and in fact, it um it was made uh, under a, a kind of like a, a production company offshoot that Jerry set up, and it's the only one that got set got made by that offshoot. So, hmm. um, no. no, no, not for me. It's not made it, Matt. Did you like Remember the Titans? Uh the soundtrack's fantastic. Um, the movie. <laughs> God, I watched Glory Road and I watched this um, back to back um, a couple of days ago. I'd not seen either of them. Um, and unlike uh, Tim, I'm, I'm a real sucker, as I said, to, uh, for sports movies. I, I watch anything. Um, doesn't matter. what I'll, I'll watch a golf movie. You know? <laughs> so if it was an ice skating movie, I'd watch it. Anything to do with sports, anything, I, I'd, I'd definitely try and watch it. Um, that being said, uh, I didn't enjoy this. Um, I thought it was better than Glory Road. Um, which doesn't say very much for Glory Road, really. Um, but I didn't, just didn't, didn't. I just, I felt like it was all a bit syrupy, and you know, was, I just kind of like washing this racial injustice in my face. I just didn't like the way they did it, you know. And it's they picked sport as this integration, um, or the, the high school, the integration uh, between black and white cultures and, and and bringing society together i just it felt for i just didn't like it at all i'm, I'm yeah sorry 
I mean, that's all right. To be fair, it might might feel a little bit lost on us because, firstly, it's an American high school. Secondly, it's American football. Yeah, I'm a big fan of American football, so you know, for me, that sits quite easily. Um, Even with, I mean, we must we've seen enough high high school American high school movies to understand how how you know the traditional setup of American high school works. Um, Well, yeah, but the other thing, but um, I watched. uh, all the right moves for the Tom for the Tom Cruise one, so I understand I understand American football movies, similar to high school them. movies. Um, the ra- the racial element is is kind of like the thing it's playing on in this, and how yeah. we all come together, this play together to to make uh, things right. So uh, I appreciate that, but it, it obviously is based on a true story, and the characters are real, and a lot of the stuff is real from the movie. The script is uh, terrible. Then, uh, I don't know. I. I it hit me. It affected me. And uh, if you like sports movies, uh, well, for me, I think this is the best American football movie ever made. Um, and uh, have you not um, seen Wildcats? No. Good movie. <laughs> Good movie. Don't be dissing Wildcats. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it hasn't made our list, unfortunately, for me. Um, so, Tim, we're back all the way around to you. We oh, have God. three. We have three. Can you give us a fourth that will make it onto Jerry Brockheimer's uh, yeah, top we're getting, five? We're getting, we're getting to the slim pickings now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick one. I'm not sure you're, everyone else is going to go with, but I watched it again recently. haven't seen it since the cinema. And I thought it's surprisingly enjoyable. It's fun. It's imaginative. It's funny. It made me laugh. So I'm going with Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. Um, so, I haven't seen the last two Pirates movies. The third one was so bad, it put me off the franchise for life. And I kind of like had dismissed them. But yeah, watching them again, this is a movie based on a theme park ride. It should be terrible. But Johnny Depp, you know, Fair play to him. He stepped off that second partnership into movie history. He uh, he nailed that character. He invented a spawn of thousand imitators, and he's great and funny, and he deserves all the many, many, many tens of millions of dollars he earned for it. Um, so I picked the second one just because I think it's it's just more fun. Um, it's just a big spectacular ride. Um, I think has better bodies like the East India Company, like nice and maliciously evil. I think Bill Nye's great in this. Uh, I think the character design of all the uh, pirates from the Flying Dutchman is amazing, especially that so, um, Davy Jones himself is kind of Cthulhu made flesh in this um, first time in a movie appears from Cthulhu, basically. Um, uh, it is bigger, it's bolder, it's funnier. Um, one of the reasons I think it's so good is one of the reasons it should have been terrible is um, they had massive row with the script writers who thought that Jerry Brockheimer was going to destroy their vision. Who'd have thunk it? Um, so they shot a lot of this without a script. So Gore Verbinski and his visual artist just storyboarded massive chunks of it. So the escape sequence from the uh, Cannibal Island in, and the big sequence with the sword fight on the wheel at the end. Um, don't have a script, they're just storyboarded. So they become these 
big Buster Keaton-esque slapstick movies. Um, they're great. There's a kind of logic to what everyone's doing. So Jack's trying to get the key, one's trying to get the chest, one's trying to get the heart. Um, it's fun. Um, I love the Kraken. I think uh, I love... I say love. That's not the reason. Here. <laughs> it's still a Jerry Brockhammer movie. It's of I'm judging it by the standard of the rest of them, and yeah, it's good. It's fun. I it made me smile. It looks visually gorgeous, and uh, yeah, it had a great ending. Well, sorry, it had a good ending. Nice Empire Strikes Back ending, setting it up for the third sequence. Great shot at the end of like. Uh, Jack Sparrow going into the gaping maw of the Kraken and think, yay, next week is going to be amazing and then it wasn't. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was better than I remembered it and uh, for that reason, uh, of Jerry Brooker and my movies, I'm going to go for this one. Cool. Chris, what do you think of uh, Pirates 2? I wholeheartedly agree with Tim. Um, I think it's the best uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film. Um, they up the ante. Um, they feature more of the um, little pieces from the ride than they did in the first one. Um, it's it's got yeah the the special effects are amazing. Like like Tim said, Bill Nye's brilliant. Um, uh, all of the acting is really good. Um, it, the action, the set pieces are fantastic. Um, it is um, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer's um, highest grossing film ever. 1.7 billion just for um, that one just for that film oh, wow. yeah wow yeah apparently um, they're still making tons of money that's why they keep churning them out yeah um uh, and yeah it's it's i i believe it's the best uh pirates film and it was going to be my next nomination if tim didn't say it <laughs> there we go there we go so that's two um john pirates two um. Yeah. Yes. I now personally, I probably would have. Uh, I would have actually looked at the Black Pearl, which is the first one, um, because I love the special effects when um, they're where they fight, where they're fighting, walking through the moonlight, and the changes between skeleton, part changes of skeleton and human as they're. Um, as they're fighting each other. Um, I think Jack, this is the film just before Jack Sparrow became a mess um, and start, became a parody of, it, of itself. It gives it gives Kira Knightley a lot more to do. Um, and I yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with this one because yeah, it's it's more of and can we can we all agree that the last three were very badly misjudged? Yeah, yeah, I'd go there. The third, third, <laughs> third, third one was was passable, but the other, the, the fourth and fifth one were terrible. Yeah. I, I haven't even I haven't even seen the fifth one because the fourth one was bad. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even make it to number four. I hated the third one so much. So. Yeah. Well, In, incidentally, um, the the top four um, most profitable films. Of Joe Brookhammer's are um, Pirates of the Caribbean films. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean it's believable, but yeah, I, I assume that's not adjusted for inflation because 
maybe things like Top Gun might be, but I don't know. So, um, but I can believe that they've made that much money. Uh, we, it's got three yeses. Um, Matt, Pirates 2? Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't have picked, like John, I wouldn't have picked the second one. I'd have gone for the first one um, simply because it made the bigger impact. Um, as a as a as a as a film in I suppose in, in the cultural movie going, um, uh, I don't I don't know I don't know it doesn't make any difference anyway. Uh, so I'm going to sit on the fence and say um, I'm sitting on the fence. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I I would agree as well. I I I, I loved the first film. Um, it, it's it's up there for me. The first one, um, I think the first one is far superior to all of the other movies in my opinion um so i would have said no as well um to to number two um i i, I remember seeing it in the cinema excited because of how much i enjoyed the first one and thinking that this was okay but not as good as i was expecting or the previous movie in my opinion um so yeah so but it's made our list it's it's on there we have a fourth film on our list um so pirates of the caribbean 2 which is Dead Man's Chest, is our fourth film on Jerry Brockheimer's list. So, Chris, that would have been your next pick. So, Chris, you've got a different film to pick now. What are you nominating next? Uh, next on my personal list, uh, because I have uh, three already on, um, is, uh, well, I should say, gentlemen, I have the need the need for speed <laughs> uh, and as I am nominating Top Gun oh um, god is that because you're inverted <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah um, I, I think it's a fantastic film it's probably the first film I remember seeing Tom Cruise in um, and uh, just realising at quite a young age how important it was as a film um, and uh, a piece of pop culture uh, and uh, yeah ev everything about it is uh, brilliant the, the filming the flight sequences that they filmed and um, all the aircraft carrier stuff uh, and uh, obviously the soundtrack uh, uh, yeah and the Tom Cruise is brilliant in it and uh, yeah I mean it, it has all the hallmarks of a Jerry Bruckheimer film um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's great. Nice. John, we've, we've discussed Top Gun before. Um, we, we have, and I think it made, it made it into the top five, didn't it? it number it did four. Make, wow. It did make it in there for, uh, uh, as Matt has just mentioned, number four for Tom Cruise's uh, best films. Yeah. Now, I, I, as much as I respect it, I think there are better films out there um, on this list. So as much as I, I love I love the fact that Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson made this as an advert for the US Navy, um, li literally, um, I'm, and yes, the flight scenes are uh, better than anything we'd, we'd seen before, and it all it's all designed in a, in a truly eighties glossy Tony Tony Scott way i th i think there are there are a couple of films that i would rather have on the list than top gun okay doke matt what about top gun for you 
Yeah, I'm, I'm along the same lines as John, really. Uh, as much as I can see that, that Top Gun um, pretty much um, set the standard for 80s um, popcorn zeitgeist movie, I think that um, there are better or slightly more agreeable Brookheimer movies that, that um, can can go on the list. Um, uh, incidentally, I found a little... little Little nugget. I don't know whether I should be saying this, yeah, but it was around this time after the money that um, Flashdance, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, had made for for Don Simpson that he he decided to to off the back of this he made so much money off it that he, he would invest in getting a penis extension. Uh, apparently, this, yes. this this was this it was around this time, uh, probably from the money from Top Gun. So I'm sure Tom Cruise is really proud of that. Um, <laughs> just a little yeah. nugget there for you. Just oh, uh, just. A yeah. nice side a note. Fleshy, a fleshy um, nuggets. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, apparently, Don, uh, Don Simpson did actually deny her having any plastic surgery. But he, yeah, had, he wasn't was a drug addict either, was he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're not, but we're not doing Don Simpson. No, so no, we can't, we can't, get, no, we can't be not. liable for this. The poor, no. the poor guy can't argue his case. <laughs> no. He's, he, no. Yeah, he, um, Tim, Top Gun. Um, making it? So... Yeah, I should like Top Gun because I think I was about you know the right age when this came out and it was like a zeitgeist movie of my generation. But every couple of years I watch it again and remember that it's really dull. Um, <laughs> I just don't like Tom. I don't like Maverick. He's he starts off the movie a cocky little shit. He gets goose killed and then ends the movie a cocky little shit. Um, I'd, say, I'd say it was Ice that actually killed him, but hey. He gets goose killed. No, if it had been, <laughs> been goose the movie, I'd watch that. Goose and Meg Ryan were like a great couple, but yeah, I don't buy Tom Cruise and uh, is it Kelly McGillis at all? No, uh, no their, okay. their chemistry is not good. Non-existent. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, even but even Kelly McGinnis, Kelly McGinnis didn't see, didn't see their chemistry. Yeah, no. But yeah, my main problem is uh, I can't. I just can't stand the character of Maverick, I think he's just really objectionable. And yeah, having get, got Goose killed, and feeling, <laughs> feeling a bit bad about it, by the end of the movie, he's recovered, he's back to his cocky little self, and he throws Goose's go- uh, dog tags at the ocean. It's like... So, I, I'm on Team Goose in this one, and, and uh, Val Kilmer was a better pilot, and I don't like this movie, and... <laughs> it's because I like Marvel movies except for Captain Marvel and the reason I don't like Captain Marvel movies is because she's like really unlikable character and the reason she's unlikable is she's just basically doing a Maverick imitation and so yeah when somebody else plays this character you realise how unpleasant they are so for that reason I am going to say no to Top Gun Okay um, so it hasn't made the list and I, I would have fallen along the lines of John in that I really do like Top Gun, unlike unlike Tim there, I think Top Gun is a very entertaining, very good movie, but there are, in my opinion, better movies available to go on this list. Um, oh, it, it fell at number nine of my personal Jerry Brockheimer list, so it's it's not far away. I think it is good. Um, just admit it, guys, there's just not enough volleyball in it for you, is there? <laughs> that, that's the best bit in the whole movie, if you ask me. <laughs> I, I've seen two two Tom Cruise movies with Rick Rossovich in, yeah. So I've seen plenty, thank you. Yes. And I, I hope this, do we know if there's going to be more in the sequel? Uh, I, uh, more volleyball. 
More volleyball, how can yeah. Not be? How can you've, not got be? A, you've got a volleyball in the sequel, surely. Well, yeah, but remember, the Navy's now co-ed. Yeah, it probably is a, a male versus female game or something along those lines. So, but there we go. Won't yeah, have the same impact, will it? It won't. It won't. It won't. Um, so, unfortunately, Chris, Top Gun does not make this list, which means John, oh, it's around gosh. to you, and you've got to try and give it. Can you give me a fifth one? We've got four. I, I you... am going right. Okay, here we go. I am going to go for the stupidest movie on this list. Okay. Okay. Take one large airplane. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> fill, it, fill it with all the criminals that have interesting nicknames. <laughs> uh, have a parolee who used to be an army ranger having a, getting a ride home. With, with his best mate, who's a diabetic. Yep. And then all goes to heck. Yep. Um, Con Air, gentlemen. Welcome yes. to Con Air. <laughs> um, it, it is, I hold my hands up, the stupidest, oddest, brain-the-door movie, but you have Steve Buscemi being an absolute god as the creepiest man in the world, singing he's got the whole world in his hands with a little girl over, over a playset of, 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 play of teacups. It's a case of, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you have um, John Malkovich. Oh, you have John Malkovich. You have John Malkovich yeah. playing the wiliest, smartest, evilest man in the room. Um, you, uh, you've got, uh, of course, Nick Cage. Again, he's trying to play, play the Southern normal person. Um, and then, and uh, you've got Danny Trejo. Um, you've got Ving Rhames. Yeah, and, and, You've got Billy Bed. You've got Billy Bedlam, who that that man seriously can't take happiness. If if he had happiness, he would it would hurt him. And I, it's it is a complete and utter guilty pleasure to watch a film that will have. Uh, an lgbtq plus character look at, looking yep. for a dress and scratching their eyes out with with a big machine gun <laughs> Connor Matt do you like Connor oh man I, I love Connor it's so ridiculous it's so enjoyable it is nothing but pure unadulterated nonsense. And do you know what? Do you know what? After, after, like, you know, you've had a shit week, you've had a bad day, you've had, you know, you've had the in-laws round, <laughs> you've had a terrible day. All you want to do is switch your brain off. All you want to do is, is have some paper-thin characters. You want some terrible stereotypes. You want 
two and a half hours worth of, of, of crazy, utterly, utterly preposterous action. Um, I just, I just love it. It's terrible, but I love it. And it, for me, it has, it has to go on there. It's one of the holy trinity uh, of trilogy films that came out from 96 to 98. For me, anyway, there was three movies that came out. Um, and this is the stupidest. <laughs> um, but it's also the most entertaining. Um, and I, 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 I didn't see it. Uh, until fairly fairly late after it came out um i i saw it um on the birth of dvd um on one of the old dvds that you had to flip over halfway through wow which is very early on (laughs) very early but it was crystal clear man it was so good it was crystal clear you could see it wasn't none of that vhs nonsense so i saw it really late late on vhs has its quality it does have its quality but um uh DVD really changed changed the uh, the landscape, uh, and and you know you didn't mind flipping it over halfway through because you could see everything in the picture really clearly. Um, so Conair for me was was came came to it a little bit late, uh, and for that fact I, I think I'd seen everything else that came came in the nineties prior to it, and um, I really wish I'd seen it in the cinema because I, I, I think I would have liked it even more, um, even though it is terrible. Uh, I just it's a real guilty pleasure, you know. It's like um, it's like having tomato ketchup and uh, brown sauce and mustard and mayo and burger sauce and garlic sauce, all the sauces on, on your, on your burger at the same time. It's just, it's that kind of sickeningly brilliant thing. So for me, it has to go on. Nice. That's two yeses. Tim, uh, is Conor going to get a third yes and I, make this list? I was been trying to work out why I hate this movie so much. <laughs> Because I love a big dumbass movie, but it's weird that all you guys have been listening to all the reasons that you love it, and they're all exactly the same as the, my yes. list of reasons I hate it. Um, You've got to let go, Tim. You've just got to let it go. Let it go. I what I hate is, I think it's just the whole cynicism, cynicism of it. It's just, it's not a story. It's it's barely even a concept. It's just a pun. It's a, it's a comic that, strip. It's a comic strip of the movie. Yeah, it's just, oh, we've got, we've got a title. Let's fish some stock characters out of the filing cabinet in the corner, feed that into the Scriptatron 5000, crank the handles <laughs> of the and get 120 minutes of, you know, generic gunfights explosions, which sounds more entertaining than this movie is. Um, it's just, I, I think, that, yeah, it's just a cynical exercise. It's like, oh, well, let's land on the Vegas Strip because that's a big thing and people like big, things exploding so that'll be entertaining uh um so yeah all the characters john malkovich what is john malkovich in this movie he's a baddie that's his character he's a baddie. He's, he's even he's even called you know he's got he's got a bad 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 bad, bad guy's name in this as well yeah and he's cyrus. Cyrus, cyrus 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 the virus, the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, more, kill more people in cancer um v- ving Rimmer's character is angry black man uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi is just generic, ser- creepy serial killer type, and Danny Trejo is rapey Mexican. Um, <laughs> um, there's there's one female character on this whole plane, and she spends a whole movie handcuffed, waiting to see if Danny Trejo's going to rape her. Um, it's uh, it's Colin so Meany, terrible. It's so terrible. Colin Meany, who I love and everything, is awful in this. Um, and yeah, I'll have John Cusack, 
trying to make the they try to give this movie a theme, and the way they do that is have John Cusack quote Dostoevsky once or twice. So like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a satire on the American penal system. No, it's not. It's just baddies on a plane, and yeah, not much happens. Like they take off, they land, they don't hide. Uh, they blow up a plane. It, it, doesn't pre- it doesn't pretend to be anything else, though, does it? It can't possibly pretend to be anything else. Okay. So and, and you're, you're if saying you want to watch a 90s action movie about bodies on a plane, Air Force One is right there. It's great. It's got Gary Oldman. Um, and again, yeah, Gary Oldman's character that has motivation. Um, yeah, I, I think this movie triggers something in me. <laughs> I can't what, what it, there's definitely something unconscious that causes me to hate this passionately. Um, yeah, so no, I, I will. I, this is this is a hill I will die on. So this is a, <laughs> this is a big budget, big budget B movie. I think that's oh, yeah. all. Every and you're saying that every single every every one of the characters is paper thin. Every single one of them has a backstory. <laughs> Oh, they're pa- oh, it's they're paper thin backstory, though. It's paper <laughs> okay, thin backstory. Steve Buscemi's character. His arc in this movie is he's a, an evil serial killer who cuts women's heads off. He has dolls house tea with a little girl and doesn't brutally murder her, and he's cured. That's like, oh, no, 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 he's not cured. <laughs> he just didn't feel like killing her. <laughs> so, so he's a goodie now. No. <laughs> he had places. He had places to be. He had places to be. It, 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 it's like it, basically, if you subbed him for Hannibal Lecter, yeah. basically he cho- he chooses who to kill when he feels like it. <laughs> um, oh, Tim, anyway, <laughs> Tim said. Tim said no. Matt said yes. Um, uh, this this is up there with one of the most watched movies of Jerry Brockheimer's. That I have seen. I really, really love Conair. I think it's just brilliant, brilliant action. Um, uh, apparently, John Cusack asked, like, to he's disappointed that he's associated with this movie because he doesn't like this movie. Um, but I, I think it's brilliant. I think uh, Nicolas Cage is excellent in this because he's just playing Nicolas Cage action person with long hair. Um, I will concede I will, <laughs> I will concede Nicolas Cage is good in this because Nicolas Cage is good in everything. Like, yeah, I've watched uh, a lot of bad Brookheimer movies with Nicolas Cage in it and he's always the best thing in them. Yes. Uh, 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 I just I, I'm so entertained. I, 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 I don't care that there's there's it's the stupidest premise and stuff like that. I'm just really really entertained. Which is why I'm disappointed that I'm actually going to say no. I knew you were going to for me. Oh. <laughs> for me, there are there is just the movies. There's enough room. There's enough room. <laughs> uh, there's not. I had Top Gun above it um, on my list, so I can't, in good conscience, say yes. But I do love Conair, and if you haven't seen Conair, please watch Conair. But there is one last hope for Conair, Chris. <laughs> Um, oh no! Are you gonna say? Are oh. you gonna say yes to come here? You're gonna break my heart, or are you gonna say no? So, uh, are we okay. putting the bunny back in the box? Here we are. Uh, Conair was number seven on my personal list. Top Gun's okay. number four. Um, 
So there are a few films in between that I think are better than Con Air. I agree that Con Air is a phenomenal film and it's a great watch and it's uh, just great for all the stupid reasons that it exists. Um, but I will I think let you know John... there are three spots left on our initial list. You said it was number seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, that's, and I've said no. So I was just letting you know, Chris. We have four. We've got three spots I know, left. I know, I know. Uh, okay, well, I'm, Hang on, I'm Chris, Chris, slightly this... burned by, by uh, John's uh, not wanting to put Top Gun in. But uh, I, I can't disagree that Conair should not be a, a part of this Jerry Bookheimer list. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, put it in. Nice. It was number seven on my list. It was number seven on my list as well. There so, we go. Yeah, it's, I it, mean, it, it was it's lower fun. down for me, and I love it. So I don't mind that much. It, we have five films, guys. Five films have made it onto this list. Uh, anything um, good? Anything good? <laughs> <laughs> Crimson Tide. The Rock. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, two of them are good. Enemy, Enemy of the State, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Dead Man's Chest, and Con Air so far are our initial five. There are two spots left on our initial list. And Matt, can you give me one of them? Oh, it's back to me, is um, it? Is. It is. Right. Um, I've only got two more. Oh, dear. Right, I'm banking that somebody else will pick the other one. So... Um, I'm going to put a cheeky, another cheeky early 80s one in, actually. Um, directed by Martin Brest, starring Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, John Aston, Ronnie Cox, the slimy Stephen Burkhoff. Um, it is Beverly Hills Cop, uh, the first version, the first version, the first film. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I love it. It's one of the, the early trilogy of films that Simpson and Brockheimer made that really banked they really made bank they made money they hit audiences right they had the right scripts the right plot lines there for the time um flash dance was great that it came a year before it was really good but i haven't watched it recently and i wasn't that impressed um having thought it might have made um at least the top seven in mine flash dance uh it, it kind of slipped away it wasn't wasn't as good as i remembered it being but beverly hills cop was um, I think it's Eddie Murphy's most iconic role. Um, he was really good in 48 Hours a couple of years before with Nick Nolte. Um, I thought that was was a tremendous, um, a tremendous uh, buddy buddy cop movie uh, with uh, with bad guy and a cop, um, an odd couple kind of movie. And um, I think with Eddie Murphy picking up a little bit of momentum with that movie. I think he, he came late, very late to Beverly Hills Cop. Um, I think, having done the internet research on this, that Simpson and Bruckheimer had this script story. It may have even been Don Simpson that had, had come up with originally. Um, pumped out the idea and had it had it pushed over to scriptwriters, but in, in the late 70s. And it took several years to get anything moving on it, really. Um, and it was originally, uh, I believe, it wasn't supposed to be so comedic in, in the sense it was supposed to be much more of a straight, straight down the line um, uh, crime movie, cop movie, um, with the likes of uh, Sylvester Stallone 
and uh, Mickey Rourke considered for the role um, until you know several years later it was changed um, the script was changed um, one of the other script writers was brought on which I haven't written down here but they he, he suggested the movie have a little bit more of a comedic tone to it and so um, Eddie Murphy's name popped up and uh, it was it was a really really good choice really good decision um, to have plucked him up um, and put him in this he's, he's at his most explosive live wire funny performance it's very foul-mouthed very crude but cool at the same time he brings huge energy to the character um i, I loved this film as a kid and i know i shouldn't have watched it really when i was uh, fairly young because it, it it was um considered uh, kind of an adult movie um i don't have the rating here i think was it an 18 in the, in the I think uk it, i think it was, was an 18, 18 for i think of the f-bombs and the violence yeah, yeah. It, it, at um, least a 15 definitely yeah, uh, yeah yeah very much so so I, I can't remember how i managed to see it i think i may have seen um might have like been like me on the vhs edited, it was a heavily edited version i think on itv um after the watershed and and even then after the watershed they wouldn't let a lot of foul language through it was often overdubbed if you remember to some hilarious sequences when they used to have some very bad overdubbing of the swear words in there um on itv so anyway i saw it very very yeah, i, I loved remember it. a lot of melon farmers <laughs> yeah yeah a lot, a lot of those kind of weird kind of why did they choose that to pop it, in I mean, there it, it's it's from i the, think i, I think i remember sorry. number two and I remember Judge Reinhold on num- in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Again, I recorded it off ITV. And uh, he said, oh, fudge. But fudge. I can remember that it definitely It was Muddy Funster. <laughs> muddy Funster. No, it was mu- I think it was Muddy Funster. That's where that's where that came from. And that was bandied around the schoolyard like as, as, a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a cuss, as a put down with, the, you know, you stupid Muddy Funster. Um, so so some, some person had the most hilarious time coming up with these overdubs for ITV in those terrible pan and scan version where they take the widescreen aspect ratio and just butcher it. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was a really, really, it was a massive blockbuster hit, this movie, um, in 1984, second only to Ghostbuster um, in box office, uh, Ghostbusters. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really funny. It's really funny. It holds up tremendously well. There are several dodgy stereotypes in it, but you know this was the '80s, so we have to kind of just gloss over those a little bit. Um, yeah, but it had—it's got Bronson Pinchot in it. Is he, who is the? Um, uh, what's his? He's the guy. He's in the. He's in the. He's in the gallery. Is that Balky yes. from? Is that, from yes, the it is. Yes, it's Serge. Yeah, Serge, Serge. Serge. Oh, that's Serge. so. He's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Oh. I mean, I, I watched this yesterday again, and man, I was belly laughing at those scenes. Very, very, very funny. Have uh, you got a, a banana in your tailpipe as well? Yeah, yeah. Great scenes. <laughs> iconic scenes. Iconic scenes. Loved yeah. it. And I, I like. I like the dynamic between John Aston and um, uh, and uh, Judge Reinhold. Like uh, you know, the older brother, younger brother kind of. Judge Reinhold's the bit of the, the the stupid rookie, as it were, but he's such a sweet character. He, he's really, really good. And you've got um, Victor. Uh, sorry, you've got Stephen Burkhoff playing Victor Maitland, and he's the yardstick '80s bad guy. You know, utter slick, slimy camp conviction. And he's played so well by Stephen Burkhoff. And Burkhoff comes, obviously, you know him. He's a UK um, actor. He's, he's he comes from a theatre background. Chris Murray, I'm sure you know a lot about Stephen Burkhoff. You can tell us about him in a minute. Theatre of the Absurd, Theatre of the Extreme, and all that. You know, he's he's a pretty uh, 
he's a pretty hardcore uh, theater actor and um yeah. he's also very 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 evil in this very evil horrible horrible watching him with his his terrible terrible david dickinson tan in this movie well he's um, a rambo bad guy as well he is a rambo yeah rambo too yeah rambo too yeah. Um, uh, he's, he's 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 really good in this. I love it, and uh, it, it makes me smile and cringe at the same time. Um, and funnily enough, here's a little fact: uh, Stephen Bur- <laughs> Stephen Burkhoff once won a libel case uh, against the, a, a Sunday Times journalist because they called him the most hideously ugly ugly man in cinema and uh, no in theatre. And he, <laughs> wow. he, he he won a libel case against them, and he, he won loads of money about. So uh, yeah, oh, so did, did he manage to prove that there was an uglier person in theater? <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly. Um, so so yeah, it's uh, it, I love it. it's, got... it's, yeah, it's got a great opening sequence. Uh, the truck sequence in the opening yeah. is, is fantastic. That 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 soundtrack is also stellar. You know, you've got Glenn oh. Frey, Glenn Frey. The heat is on. It's just iconic. And then the rest of that, you've got classics from Patti LaBelle, Point of Sisters, and if you remember, everybody's phone ring from from the, oh. the, the from the mid 2000s <laughs> the axle f sound the axle f oh. everyone had it as a phone ring it says but yeah great movie love it it's very funny um holds up today and uh, uh if, if, if if some chance no one's ever seen it please go and see it uh, and it got Definitely. nominated for an oscar for the screenplay wow yeah. uh tim beverly hills cop is it going on um I didn't watch it again for this, and Matt's made me regret that because, yeah, it is. I remember loving that movie at the time. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a classic. I'm, I'm going to say yes on that one. Excellent. Um, it's it. It's just outside of of my list, but because um, I've lost one, I'm going to say yes. Um, I think Beverly Hills Cop is brilliant. I remember watching it as a kid, probably far too young. Um, but I think it's I think it's Eddie one of Eddie's best roles. Um, the dynamic, as you've mentioned, between um, Judge Reinhold, um, Taggart, and uh, I just Rosewood, yeah, yeah Taggart, Taggart and Rosewood. And Rosewood um, yeah, they, they 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 were excellent as well. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop is is excellent. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It is going on to our list. That's awesome. three awesome. yeses. Chris, Beverly Hills Cop. It's my number five. Yep. Nice. Um, it's it's a great film. Um, Eddie Murphy's just yeah, uh, fantastic role. His his charm is just oozes off the screen. Uh, Harold Faltmeyer's music amazing. Yes. Um, Stephen Burkhoff turning it up to eleven. Yeah, just everything's it's it's great. And um, yeah, the I think it, the reason it was fifth uh, eighteen was um the swearing and then the. Um, the death scene at the end with all the squibs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of those. Um, so it has got four yeses, John. Would it have been a fifth? <gasps> yes, of course it would be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, yeah, it, there, there's a certain paired backness to it. They, um, also, the original ideas always seem to be make the better films. So yeah, definitely um, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, can I just uh, just a few little more nuggets for you here? So we've all seen Breaking Bad, right? So yeah. uh, do you remember? Um, oh Jesus! Someone tell me what his name is in Breaking Bad. Um, the, the guy oh, played Ermin oh, Trout. Ermin Trout. Yeah, he plays Ermin Trout in um, Breaking Bad and uh, and the the other TV series. The um... yeah, cool. Oh, so. 
Uh, yeah, Better Call Saul. He's in this with hair. He's, I didn't recognize him at all, but he is the um, the head the head honcho uh, head honcho's uh, top security guy who who does all the hits for him. Um, did not recognize him at all, and I was well shocked to to learn that that was him. And also the the guy who plays Inspector Todd, who is uh, Murphy's Detroit um, police. Uh, commander captain. He, yeah. He, he yeah captain he, he's he's actually a real uh detroit uh police um uh captain and he, he actually <laughs> went on yeah he wasn't an actor so and he was one of the best things in it he's absolutely brilliant the he sequence with, yeah. yeah the opening sequence with him in, in the changing rooms uh where he's bawling out uh eddie murphy and he's f-bomb after f-bomb after f-bomb uh it's just brilliant i didn't know that until i learned that recently that he, he was uh he's a real police officer or was and uh, he went on to actually become the chief the Detroit police. So wow. my ass. Yeah, man. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's six films, guys. We are we are ever so close to rounding out this list. And Tim, it's come all the way back round to you. Oh god. I think. Uh, I right. think. No, wait, it's me. No, you've not had a I'm go. I'm sorry. I have jumped, I've jumped myself. I've jumped myself. Not for so, the first time. So yeah, I, I, I do this occasionally. Um <laughs> So I'm gonna do this. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do for you? Oh, I I love this movie. Um I love number two. Number three is entertaining, but Bad Boys, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. I didn't realise that um, Martin Lawrence was the lead on this film when until I watched it yesterday. His name comes up first. Um, he was more famous than Will Smith when this movie came out. Um, this, this is pure Jerry Brockheimer action. Um, it, it's a movie set in Miami about two cops who, uh, try, who are narcotics cops and are trying to take down They've taken down the biggest drug score in Miami cop history by the sounds of it. And it gets stolen from within the police department and they've got to work out how to get it back. Um, Taya Leone comes along for the ride. There's some just stupidly hilarious bits where Martin Lawrence's character has to play Will Smith's character and convince Taya Leone that he is his character. Um, there's just brilliant action um for no reason sometimes but it's just mike michael bay and jerry brockheimer being michael bay and jerry brockheimer they they've uh, perfected this action genre um and i think bad boys is one of the tops of that um will smith in one of his earliest roles but i think one of his most iconic roles um I, I I think as Mike Lowry, um, he's now played him in three films. Um, bad boys, guys. Um, Chris, what do you think of bad boys? Oh, Paul, I'm I'm disappointed you didn't pick number two. Um, I, I do love I, number two. They they are both they're both in my top seven. There you go. <laughs> this is my they, number two. Oh. Because Bad Boys 2 is my number six, and I don't have Bad Boys in there. I think it, it was a great start to the 
the series, but I think just Bad Boys 2 got so much more right uh, uh, and better compared to, to number one. Um, uh, I, as, as good a film as it is, um, I just I think two is 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 a better is a better version of it. Okay. Um, a little uh, a fact that um, Michael Bay couldn't secure um, a, a supercar or hypercar for for the filming, so they they used his own car, the the Porsche, for the <laughs> filming. Wow, this is a fast that car, as Will, Will Smith said a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's a no from Chris. John, bad boys. What are you going to do? Um, I think this is the best of the three. Um, I it's. Uh, um, I also believe that they didn't have a finished script, so it wanders a bit in the middle. Um, I. They, I love the opening heist. Just visually, it just works. It, it, it's eye candy is perfect. Um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely put it on the list. Nice one. That's two. More, I, can I, can I, can I just say? Yeah, go to on. do with. I think it's but. I think it's the best because I I have certain issues with the with the second with the second one. It kind of, the second one just kind of t- dials it up to a ele- well kind of eleventy seven, and it just doesn't. It's just a little bit too much. Whereas this one is kind of this is this kind of does it on on a real realistic stupid level. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, bad boys. Oh no. No, <laughs> sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't, I don't get the, the fun from this. I don't, I don't know. I, it's beautiful shots <sighs> of Miami. Uh, is it, is it Miami? I wasn't watching. Yeah, so it's Miami. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I've never connected with this movie. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, I've never seen the second one. I saw the third one recently. Um, oh, the and, second one's great as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't. Re- I can't really dive into it. Um, having having only seen it once a long time ago, um, uh, and not enjoying okay. it then. Sorry, no. That's two yeses and two noes. Tim, you're the deciding vote. Oh, power! It um, is bad boys making this list. Well, um, like. Chris, I think I wish he'd picked Bad Boys 2 because, yeah, I watched the first two recently and I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the second one a lot more. and There's more belly laughs in it. Um, Bad Boys 2, it's what Jerry Brookhammer does best was because he's like a world class turd polisher. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> if you take this movie and cast like any other actors apart from Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it's just a really flimsy, quite dull cop movie, but um, they just elevated by cast, casting it really well, letting them be themselves and be funny, and then just spending ridiculous amounts of money on car chases and explosions. Um, I mean, uh, I think I will say yes, just because okay. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence do such a good job making a bad movie good. Okay. 
Bad Boys has made the list. Wow. We, I think we have, let me, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven movies, guys. We have made our top seven, which consists of Crimson Tide, The Rock, Enemy of the State, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Dead Man's Chest, Con Air, Beverly Hills Cop, and Bad Boys. They are our top seven Jerry Brockheimer produced movies. I'm going to go around quickly. Just uh, one word, honourable mentions, if there's anything that you wish had been mentioned and hasn't. Chris, anything uh, you would have liked to have seen there? Uh, Black Hog Down. Yes, it it would have been my next uh, nomination. Should it have been there? It should should be on there. Should be on there. That would have been my next one as well. Should be on there. That's a, that's a major major oversight. We should have eight. Sorry, Black Hawk Down is <laughs> Black Hawk Down is an incredible movie. It isn't it? We, we could actually push it. We could probably push it to ten. I'd, I'd, with, I'd, this I'd, list, I'd, with this list of films, Black Hawk Down. I haven't seen it in a long time. I watched it once and didn't like it that much. It oh, suffers, okay. suffers from what all like realistic army movies suffer from is that everybody's dressed the same, exactly the same haircut, and it's really hard to follow who's who. This is true. That is true. You can't. It's difficult to tell who's who. It's all. It's, it's all Lando Bloom's first role. It is. It is. It's yes. a belter, a belter of a movie. Yeah, and John, what have you, uh, what have you been saying? Black Hawk Down. Um, I would, I would have had Black Hawk Down on the list. Uh, it, um, what, yeah, it would have definitely been on the list can, for me. Can, can, can we, can we, can we break the show's rules? And I'm saying this now because I would have said Black Hawk Down. Can we, can we make our first eight? We seem to have uh, consistently said. Um, we have had a six. We have had a six before. We have had so, a six before. So I'm going to say that we've changed this, and Black Hawk Down is our eighth movie, and we're well, going to have to knock out three. We, we need Hang some on, kind of every, special law rule for for going forward. I think to, well, we do. Yeah, to, to give it some kind of joker. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 See, see, I, I'd, I'd go so far as to say that that Armageddon should be on there as well, but. Armageddon was going to be my next choice. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand. I can understand. I can understand uh, a few people perhaps not liking that quite so well as Black Hawk Down. So I'm happy uh, to put Black Hawk Down on there if we're only going to do one. Okay. Um, Arm- Armageddon is an absolute belter as well. Yeah, Armageddon is a belter, and uh, I love Armageddon. I, w- I wouldn't have put it into the top um, of our list, but um, I do love Armageddon. And. Uh, who hasn't seen Armageddon? Uh, John, any other movie that you think is missing from this list? Um, well, films are the films I enjoyed. I like Deja Vu. It's a lovely small time travel yeah. uh, plot, um, which is we've, we've had this debate, John. It's, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's at is. the very bottom of my list. It's number thirty-four of the thirty-five movies I've seen. I did not oh. like Deja Vu. <laughs> oh gosh, I, that's up in my top five. That Deja Vu. Oh gosh. yeah, no. I, 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 it's one of those. It's one of those time travel movies which actually has a really good reason for time travel. Um, and yeah, you, you know the tropes. You know what? You know you know the tropes. But the thing is, it actually works. Um, one film I will say, which everyone will, would shout me down, down on, would be Pearl Harbor. Um, as much as it's as much as it's schmaltzy, I think it's. I, I actually do think it's. It looks really good, 
and the attack in the middle is really well done. The attack and, in the middle is excellent. I don't, and, I don't think. And it, it does it does kind of hit a certain schmaltzy nerve. But apart from that, I'll, I will mention Pearl Harbor. Uh, so we'll never yeah, get in the list. If that film was was um, forty five minutes shorter, I think it would be it would be classed up there with 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 some of the others that Brookheimer is well known for, you know, like the yeah. rock and con air and all that. I, I agree with you. It's, it's, there is a really good movie in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, Matt, well, are you there? Any, anything else other than Armageddon? But, uh... Uh, uh, no, but I'll, I'll, I won't bore you all with my four pages of Armageddon. I wish I'd said, <laughs> I wish I'd dropped it in earlier. I really do. I really do. I, I, um, I do love, I do love Armageddon. It is, out of it those is. three of, uh, you know, of, of the rock, Conair and Armageddon, for me, Armageddon is, is, is all, will always be my favorite. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, out of all those three. And uh, I, I don't know why. I, I just love it. And I think Steve Buscemi again is the standout in this, um, in this movie. Uh, it's a great ensemble cast as well. Um, again, pa- it's fairly pa- paper thin. Um, it's, <laughs> what it's, you mean? Sending oil, oil, dr- oil drillers to the moon yeah, rather man, than tra- training astronauts to dig. Leave, leave your brain at the door, man. Leave your brain apparently, door. somebody did. Some, apparently, someone did ask, actually ask Michael Bay about that, and he did say, "Forget it." Yeah. <laughs> but you were talking about Brookheimer and Michael Bay, and I think I think their yeah. bro, their, their their bromance. This is the best of their bromance um, uh, between producer and director. So I think they they go hand in hand, and they they make sweet sweet passionate love with this one. Um, it, it it really is for me uh, that the, the the culmination of the stupid stupid high concept dumb dumb as dumb as shit as, as action movie that um, has some terrifically iconic moments in it and and as a great ensemble cast Steve Buscemi being being the standout as the arro- arrogant deadpan genius who who, who, who wants gets help the who wants space spins he, he space does, dementia. He <laughs> And he once helped out, helped out a teenage Liv Tyler to get to know her way around a tampon. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just littered with 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 just little nuggets of fun. And uh, uh, yeah, it's trash, but it, it is it is sexy trash, man. Nice. Uh, Tim, anything that you think is missing? Yeah, I like Armageddon mainly for because it's so much better than Deep Impact. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, is so po-faced and doer and Armageddon is just fun. Um, National Treasure, I watched again. Good, and yeah, it's oh, good. Yeah, it's really good, really interesting. It's don't take serious. It's a kids' movie, and it's kind of like a slightly worthy educational kids' movie. It's a kind of like an exciting romp through American history, and yeah, uh, it came out. I thought it's not a Da Vinci Code ripoff, similar, but um, it came out in two thousand and four, but had been in development for like seven years whereas Da Vinci Code was published in 2003 so Da Vinci Code probably ripped it off um, and it's way better uh, yeah it's fun yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage Short. running around with the Declaration of Independence on, in his yeah. pocket for most of the movie yeah it's great yeah. Sean Bean doesn't oh. die, Sean, Bean doesn't die. <laughs> Sean, but Sean Bean at the height of his height of his talents there I think yeah. Sean Bean he's, he's a fantastic actor Sean yeah um, the, the only movie that I, I would have uh, mentioned, but it's already been mentioned. Is is the first Pirates? I think uh, I, I preferred the first Pirates to the second. Um, and I like Beverly Hills Cop two as well. I think Beverly Hills Cop two is a, yeah. a very mm-hmm. worthy sequel to Beverly Hills Cop. Um, the only movie that is a, a standalone that we haven't mentioned that I think is a, a very good watch um, and not watched by enough people is a movie called Twelve Strong, 
Um, yes. It's, it's a very entertaining movie about the first 12 Marines going to, into Afghanistan um, after 9-11. Um, if anybody's not seen 12 Strong, it is a, it is a definitely an entertaining movie. Uh, um, if you get the chance, it's on Netflix. So if it's, uh, hopefully it'll still be there. Indeed. So. indeed. Uh, my, my only problem with 12 Strong is um, the real-life Afghan guy in it. In real life, is not such a good guy. Okay. <laughs> if, if you Google yeah. him, he's, he doesn't stand up to the hero role. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's not he's not as bad as the guy killing killing the killing the female teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and do you know what, Jock? Just last one I'd stick in there. Um, I, I would say, um, as much as Pearl Harbor um, needs some time cut off it to make it into a good movie, I think I think Lone Ranger could have uh, half an hour cut off it, and it, there's a good movie in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, in, in the Lone Ranger. I watched it for this list. I thought it was entertaining. I didn't think it was outstanding, but it was entertaining, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Tight, tighter, tighter edits. I think it could could have been a, a much bigger hit because no, no, hardly anyone's seen it. Yes, yeah. no, I've seen it. Mm. Yeah. I the first time I watched it, I think we were watching it on DVD and with old mates, and like three hours later, we looked up and gone, "Is this thing still going?" Yeah, still. Uh, <laughs> just I just yes. it out after a while. Okay, it's well, game, we have. Eight movies for the first time in the show's history. Um, and we've got to whittle it down to a top five. So I'm going to go around alphabetically. I'm going to start where I started before. So it started the show off. So, Tim, of the eight movies that we've got listed here, I'll read them off for you again. Crimson Tide, The Rock, Enemy of the State, Pirates 2, Con Air, Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys and Black Hawk Down. Which movie would you like to be ejected from this list? Did Conair get on? God. Conair got on. Uh, well, well, that's a piece of Okay. Um, Chris, which movie goes for you? Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Um, John? Um, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> John, man, are you smoking crack? <laughs> uh, Matt. Crimson Tide. No, no, joking. Uh, bad boys. Bad boys. Bad boys. Bad boys. Um, and in all honesty, I would have gone with Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. So with two votes, Bad Boys has gone off of this list. Um, I already have John's, myself's, and Tim's votes. So, Chris, of what's left, which would be your next to eject? Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Matt, of what's left? Pirates, Dead Man's Chest. Pirates, Dead Man's Chest. So, Pirates, with two votes, Dead Man's Chest, has gone... We've got six films left. We've got Crimson Tide. We've got The Rock, Enemy of the State, Con Air, Beverly Hills Cop, and Black Hawk Down. We've got Johns. We've got Tim's. We've got Chris's. So, Matt, what goes? Oh, um... (laughs) 
can you just just repeat them for me again? Crimson. I do this every week. Sorry. Crimson, The Rock, Enemy of the State, Conair, Beverly Hills Cop, and Black Hawk Down. Oh God. Um, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Sorry, Crimson Tide. Wow. And it's me, and I can't. I'm. I'm saying Conair. So Conair has two votes. Yes. And Crimson Tide has two votes. Yes. Which means that Beverly Hills Cop is an outlier, which I believe was you, Chris. So between Crimson yeah. Tide and Conair, what goes? Chris, you know what to do. You're asking me. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the one because you you're, have the, you're, the you're, you're the outlying yeah. vote. You've got to choose between Conair and Crimson Tide. Um, <laughs> Crimson Tide is the better film. Yes. So, well, which Con one? Air, which, which, Con which, which one needs to go off? Conair goes. Conair goes. Con goes. Con goes. Con goes. It's number five, though, right? It's number five. No, Conair is gone. We have oh. our top five Jerry Brockheimer movies, and Black Hawk Down has snuck through the elimination process to make it onto our top five. We have Crimson Tide, The Rock. Enemy of the State, Beverly Hills Cop, and Black Hawk Down as our top five for Jerry Bruckheimer. I've got to rank these. Um, I've got Crimson Tide from Matt and John. I've got Beverly Hills Cop from Chris. So, Tim, what is the f- number five on our five on film for Jerry Bruckheimer of that list? So we've got Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, The Rock. Beverly Hills Cop and Black Hawk Down. Um, I'd say number five is probably Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Um, Even though I haven't seen it, I don't know why, I seem to remember it being worthy and well-made. Of all of those movies, my honest answer is Enemy of the State which means that I would then have to choose because I would be the outlying vote. Um, and I would say Beverly Hills Cop. So our number five for this week's five on film is Beverly Hills Cop. Um, we got to pick our number four. Um, Tim, you picked Beverly Hills Cop. What would be your number four of the remaining? Um, I'm going Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. Um, Chris of Black Crimson Tide. Oh, okay, there we go. Two for Black Hawk Down, and I would have said Enemy of the State, which means <laughs> that vote again. I voted again, which means I vote for Black Hawk Down. So Black Hawk Down is our number four. Um, I still know that. John and Matt have said Crimson Tide. So, Chris, Enemy Estate, Crimson Tide, or The Rock at number three? Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide it is with three votes. It doesn't matter. So, Crimson Tide is number three. So, now we have The Rock and we have Enemy Estate. Guys, I'm going to ask for your number one movie. I'm going to go alphabetically again. Tim? The Rock or Enemy of the State? I'm going to have to go Rock, aren't I? The Rock is number one. Uh, Chris? 
It's The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> John? It's The Rock. And Matt? Conair. <laughs> um, the Rock. Yeah, it's uh, The Rock. The Rock's a better movie. And The Rock is number one for me as well. So our number one movie from Jerry Brockheimer, our five on film this week. Number one, The Rock. Number two, Enemy of the State. Ooh. Number three, Crimson Tide. Number four, Black Hawk Down. And number five, Beverly Hills Cop. That's Play the music. <laughs> Oh, so we both tried to jump in. Poor Ollie. That was, that, that's, that's Ollie's thing. It is. It is. Ollie wasn't here, but um, yes, uh, that is uh, that is this week's five on film for Jerry Brockheimer. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining me. Um, Chris, anything to add for this week? Uh, just keep listening to uh, all the other podcasts. Um, more 40 on film will be coming. Um, yeah, uh, I, I can't remember what Jerry Bookheimer one is. I think, I won't say flash dance, but it seems too early. Um, Not sure. I think, what, he's, he's 17. Old. Yeah. He is, he is old, surprisingly old, old. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. He is um, 80 years old. Is oh, he's 80 now. That's, cr- yeah. that's crazy. Oh, you wouldn't think crazy. that, would you? No, no. But he, he's, his career has been, yeah, lengthy. So, yeah. So that's um, what money does for you. That's what money does for you. He is a billionaire. Yeah. Wow. Ninth, ri- ninth richest producer in the world. Wow. wow. He owns his own hockey team in, in the States. Jeez. The man is uh, prolific, shall we say. Um, John, anything to add? Um, no, just keep keep an eye out on our socials. Um, we've started doing um, initial film reviews, which are basically our uh, first thoughts as we watch the films, um, as we walk out of the cinemas. So they're not incredibly detailed. They shouldn't have any spoilers in them, but you, they should help to kind of give you an idea of what we think about them. Um, any other essay, any essay, any suggestions for essays that you want to pump our way or just send us in uh send us some uh stuff you want want us to put um put out join our facebook group um send us an email um we'll we'll get it out there indeed we're at five on film podcast everywhere so five on film podcast on uh twitter instagram facebook um at gmail um, all of those at Five on Film Podcast, guys. Uh, John's eloquently put all our socials um, there. So, yeah, please hit us up. Matt, anything to add for today's? Uh, no, you know me, as usual, um, take all these movie suggestions we've got out there. If you haven't seen them, even if you don't like the sign of them, check them out because they don't come on here for any other reason than they are actually decent films to watch. We wouldn't be suggesting them otherwise. Um, and John, John loves suggestions for terrible movies so that he can watch them <laughs> and, and write about them. So he would love suggestions for that. Indeed. We, we like, we Indeed. Like still, owe you, still owe me chocolate. <laughs> I still owe you a bag of M&M's. <laughs> And uh, our guest for this week's show, Tim, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Anything to add on the end? Oh, thank you very much for having me. Um, I have spent three weeks watching back-to-back Jerry Brockhammer movies. I'm quite excited about finding some artist <laughs> Latvian 
existentialist drama. Um, just anything to get my, reclaim my mind. Um, so yes, thank you. It's been fun. Um, and good luck with the rest of them. Thank you. And next Thanks, time, Tim, Tim. Thanks, we Tim. will let you pick the topic. Thank you very much for being gracious and joining Jerry Brockheimer. Um, uh, I will add on, yeah, please check us out on our social medias. Um, please check out 40 on Film. Um, I'm Chris's next guest um, for our Quentin Tarantino 40 on Film. Um, so check that out when that drops. Um, and the announcement for next week's show, next week will be another guest episode, and that is because I am going on holiday. I am taking a break and uh, my 40 on film co-host, Chris, will be picking up hosting duties for the show. Um, so thank you very much, Chris. And That's okay. Yeah, thank me now. <laughs> I will, I will. Um, so Chris is going to be picking up our hosting duties for the main podcast, Five on Film. And next week's show, we'll have a guest and that guest has picked Chris um gender uh, swap is that correct is, is that yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yes, yes. Question mark. <laughs> i believe gender swap top, top movies. five gender swap yeah films G gender swapped films so that will be, a good be one. that will be, be next week's five on film join us then All views expressed in this podcast are that of the individual and do not represent the views of any entity whatsoever which they have been or will be affiliated with in the future.